It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. Taylor Lynch sitting behind the microphone with you tonight. No Lewis Metzinger. He's off uh, being Steven Spielberg again, but you got me. And we have got a lot to get into tonight. Got some kind of a throat allergy thing going on. So we're going to battle through that. Got the big bottle of water here with me, and I'm ready to uh, talk some UofL sports with you guys here. Um, Of course, we're going to touch on the update, kind of update, breaking news, maybe not breaking news, in this FBI uh, probe into college basketball. We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll get your, uh, we'll kind of talk a reaction takeaways uh, to the two Louisville basketball exhibition games that we've seen uh, as we kind of get set for the beginning of the basketball season. Happens on Sunday uh, as the Cards take on George Mason, so we'll talk about that as well. And also Saturday, the UofL football returns home to take on Virginia in what is really a must-win game, I think, for the Cards. We'll talk about that, talk about this game coming up between the Cards and the Cavaliers. As always, guys, you know how to get in touch with us on the show. If you like anything you hear, you don't like something that you hear, feel free to let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL, uh, or you can hit us up individually at Taylor Lynch. That's Taylor with an E, and at Lewis Metzinger as well. Uh, check out the website, thebreakdownul.com. Uh, all of the podcasts, if you miss anything, they're posted up there as well. Or if you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, make sure you share out the podcast uh, so that everybody else can hear what we're doing here on The Breakdown. We appreciate that and appreciate everybody out there listening to us tonight here on this Thursday night. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Um, like I said at the top of the show, I don't really know if this is... If we want to call this breaking news or we just want to call this news. Um, But there were some previously sealed documents uh, that were unsealed now uh, that pertain to this FBI probe into college basketball. And in this, um, the Christian Dawkins, who had previously said in the initial uh, documents that we read when this whole thing broke, he was the one that said, you know, uh, that Coach 2, he had asked Coach 2 to contact Jim Gatto uh, at Adidas about making the payment to Brian Bowen. Well, now, and this is all according to Tom Winter of NBC News, uh, in his article it says, according to the newly Unsealed court documents, Coach 2, who NBC News has previously reported is legendary University of Louisville basketball coach Rick Pitino, had met with 
indicted sports agent Christian Dawkins over payments to players in a July meeting. The indictment says that Dawkins asked Patino to call indicted Adidas executive Jim Gatto and ask the company to pay out $100,000 requested by the family of a top basketball recruit. For the money, uh, the indictment said the high school recruit would agree to commit to playing at Louisville, sign with Dawkins as his agent, and sign a deal with Adidas when he entered the NBA. Patino agreed to make the call, the court document said. That's the difference between what we previously read and now what we're reading in this now unsealed document uh, is that Patino agreed to make the call, at least according to Dawkins and according to these documents. Before, we did not know whether he agreed to make the call or, or did not agree to make the call. So here's my thing. We see these documents now, and they they say that, you know, he made the phone call. But this is Dawkins saying that Patino made the phone call. This is a guy that's being indicted by the federal government and faces, what, 20 years, 40 years, something like that. You've heard all kinds of different numbers thrown around, but faces significant jail time. And now he's wanting to roll I don't know how much of what he says you you can really believe, um, but beyond that, I want the proof. I'm not saying he's wrong or or right or whatever, but I would assume that if the the federal government is going to put this in this indictment, then they must have some kind of proof that this actually went on. Now, of course. Coach Patino has denied, you know, knowing anything or, or making the phone call or anything like that. But I want to know where the proof is. Is there a recorded phone call? Is there video? Um, what is there that can kind of give some credence to what Dawkins is saying? Because if you don't have anything, then you just have one guy's word up against another guy's word, and you get into a he said he said kind of thing. Um, and that sounds something more like what the NCAA would get into and not what the federal government would get into. So I've got to think that if that there has to be some kind of proof somewhere to this. Uh, if there's not, then it's just then it's just hearsay. And then, it's, like I said, it's he said, he said stuff. Um, so that kind of that came out yesterday. Um and, of course, tip of the hat credit goes to uh, Ethan Moore and Nick Birch over at Louisville Sports Live for getting uh, winter on Louisville Sports Live last night, uh, not long after this broke. Uh, and you can hear their full interview with him um, on ESPNLouisville.com. Uh, just go to the uh, extra content or bonus content, and you can hear the whole interview there that they did uh, with Tom Winter. But that's my big takeaway from it. Um, I don't think we really, other than that little snippet, I don't think we learned anything that we didn't already know uh, from the previous documents to now these unsealed documents. Um, there's there's nothing really new coming out about it. Uh, but that's what I want to know. I want to know, okay, if you're going to make this statement, you're going to say this, then there's got to be proof. And if there's, if there's not proof, then you're just spitballing. You're trying to save your own you-know-what. So... I know this is not the last that we will talk about this by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. 
But uh, that's kind of where we stand right now. That's the latest uh, that's out there about that. I will say, uh, as it pertains to some other schools, obviously Auburn involved and implicated in this whole thing as well, um, that program right now is a mess. Uh, with all of this going on, and they lost to, I think it was Barry in an exhibition game. Uh, so they've got some real issues. And now Bruce Pearl is saying at Auburn that he's not talking to the school. I mean, if, if they want to know anything, he, he ain't talking. So, And the school's pretty much said you're, you either talk or your job's in, in serious jeopardy. Uh, but he ain't talking. So that's going to be, while everything that's going on here is is interesting to follow because we're here. It's kind of, as far as people losing their jobs and stuff, it's kind of a done deal. I mean, everything's already done. Now it's just how much they're going to get paid and all of that kind of stuff. But for Auburn, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen. And, and the other shoes just kind of waiting to fall at that university and that men's basketball program. So that's something uh, to definitely keep an eye on as this whole thing continues. And this is something that's, guys, it's going to, obviously, it's going to drag into the college basketball season. It's going to drag quite a bit into the college basketball season, probably the whole year, uh, and possibly even going into next season, uh, you're still going to have ramifications from this. But I don't think that this is all we're going to deal with, with Louisville and Auburn and, and a couple other schools that are mentioned. I, I think this is going to be bigger. Uh, there's going to be more schools implicated because, and I, I believe it was Mark Ennis that I heard talking about this uh, on his show today on the drive on 93.9 The Bill, that the FBI knows what they're looking for now, and he made a really good point with that. They can go in now and just start tearing programs apart because they know exactly what they're looking for, and individual programs now can kind of go through and and athletic directors and go through and kind of comb through their own programs and see whether they want to or whether they don't want to see uh, some of the stuff that's actually going on. So, again, this is this is nowhere near being over with by any by any means whatsoever. But we'll obviously continue to monitor it because, well, we have to. We're kind of at the center of this whole ugly thing. So well, we'll keep an eye on that. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're at right now. The the latest unsealed documents saying that uh, Pitino did, in fact, make the phone call to Jim Gatto uh, requesting the money. Now, whether there's proof of that or not, I don't know. But that's, uh, that's what Christian Dawkins is saying now. Guys, of course, like I said, you know how to get in touch with us. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think about this whole thing with Patino. And did he know? Did he not know? Did he make the phone call? Did he not make the phone call? Where's the proof? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at the Breakdown UL. Let us know what you think about that. So, I've already talked about the FBI scandal more than I wanted to. There's 10 minutes on FBI scandal, um, which I'm so I'm so tired of talking about. I'm tired of talking about scandal. I don't want to talk about any scandals. I don't want to talk about strippers. I don't want to talk about the FBI. I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to talk about basketball. We can talk about that all day long if you want to talk about basketball. And we actually have basketball to talk about. We have two exhibition games against uh, Kentucky Westland and now Bellarmine. And we have the regular season getting underway coming up on Sunday. So let's kind of kind of get into that a little bit. Um, the exhibition games, first of all, I think it's kind of funny how you have two games that you walk out of feeling completely different. 
you've got the um, you've got the Kentucky Wesleyan game where you leave that game and you think, wow. This team is not going to have any trouble scoring the basketball whatsoever. Now, the defense the defense may need a little work, but as far as scoring the basketball, not going to be an issue for this team. And then you, you go into the Bellarmine game on Tuesday night, and you walk out of that one going, this offense, man, yeesh. Some of the shots that they were taking uh, were questionable at best, and the defense looked really good. Um so I, I think that, that obviously you schedule those games on purpose. You play two drastically different styles just to see you know where your team's going to stack up and what you need to work on. So I think Louisville got a lot out of the exhibition games this year, probably more than they have in several years. And it also gave DP a chance to kind of have a dress rehearsal at being a head coach and making substitutions and figuring out what his what his uh, lineup's going to be like and all of that kind of thing, controlling guys' minutes, all that stuff that you that you don't have to do until you have to do. I mean, for for lack of a better uh, word or better phrase there. But so I think it was good for it was good for him. It was good for the players uh, to kind of get a feel for what it's going to be like playing for him with him on the sidelines, uh, calling all the shots. So, but I do think we we saw a lot of good things. You saw a lot of good things out of the young guys, uh, and it looks like obviously they are going to play a big role this year. Darius Perry and Malik Williams, uh, those guys are going to be crucial for this team this season. Um, so it was fun to watch them get out there and play. I think Darius Perry, the way he's playing defense, is really impressive to me for a young guy uh, coming in and picking up the system. He's just like a spark plug for him. Dwayne Sutton, the same way, a spark plug guy. You just you just put him out there, and he's just going to do something good. So really excited to see what those three guys in particular can do uh, this season for this team. It's going to be a lot of fun to see. Um, and then obviously, you know, hats off to Bellarmine. They play their butts off uh, Tuesday night. That's a really good basketball team. Uh, that's going to make a lot of noise in their league this year. Uh, for sure, Scotty Davenport got another really good team on his hands. Um so we've got the sound for you. Uh, David Paget met with the media uh, after the Bellarmine game on Tuesday night, and here's what he had to say about his team, uh, how he thought they played, uh, and moving forward into the regular season. So here's David Paget. You know, I, I knew this game was going to be like this. I knew it since since watching their uh, their game last week against Cincinnati. I mean, a team that wins 32, 34, whatever some games they won last year that returns 11 players. I knew this was going to be like this. I knew it was going to be a war. You know, they're just they're too well coached. They're too experienced to to, to come out and just get blown out. And, and I told our guys, and they knew it. You know, it's it's just a team like that's tough because you can try to simulate it in practice as much as you want, but at the end of the day, they work on it every day. So, you know, I. I thought the best part to me was is I thought even though our offense wasn't obviously working uh, in the first half, we didn't let it affect our defense. You know, we held them to 37%. They were 5 for 24 from 3 for the game. Um, you know, obviously they started scoring around the rim a little bit more than they do. But I told our guys before the game, I said, look, we have to defend the three-point line. And I said, you got to try to make this team beat you by making two-point shots. And, and they couldn't do it. But, you know, the, I would not be shocked if that team was a national championship in Division Two. I mean, they are that talented. They're that well-coached. And, and they just play together. But 
you know, we it, it was a good experience for us. You know, a little adversity. Um, good for me. Good for our players. But uh, you know, we're, we're happy that we came out on top, and and now we got to get ready for Sunday because it starts to count. So uh, you know, take a day off tomorrow and get ready on uh, on Thursday. David, did you say the theme of the turnovers, especially a couple of the unforced early on? Yeah, we were just being careless with the ball. You know, we knew with scouting report wise, they're a heavy, heavy dig team. And what I mean by that is when you take a dribble towards the rim, they're going to have somebody converge on the ball and slap down. And we just didn't pay enough attention to it. You know, we knew we had to get to the corners. Problem was, the guy with the ball wasn't being strong enough. He got it slapped out of his hands. And we just, you know, you have to make the pass a little bit earlier. But, you know, that's where this team has really improved. Bellerman, I mean, defensively. I mean, you know, they forced us into 20 turnovers. Some of them were careless by us, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we didn't let our offense affect our defense for the most part, which was good to see. It seemed like the team was rushing a lot early offensively, kind of forcing some passes. Um, what does it take to kind of get those guys to kind of slow down, take a bit more time, uh, you know, to set things up offensively? Well, you know, a team like this, is they work so hard to protect the paint that when you're a big dribble penetration team like we are and all of a sudden that's taken away, it's a little bit of an adjustment. You know, last week we were able to get in the paint a little bit more and kick out, but you know, you got to give them credit. A lot a lot of it was us, you know, just being careless, but a lot of it was them, you know, defensively. They were locked in on what they needed to do. But, you know, we made the adjustment in the second half. We didn't give up. I mean, Q got in the lane a couple of times. Dang got in the lane a couple of times and made the right pass. And, uh, you know, it worked out for us. You played um, Q uh, 37 minutes tonight. Um, is that something that you want to try to maybe bring down a little bit as, as you get? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, we were in a little bit of a tough spot because obviously Ryan's out. Joe Griffin sprained his ankle and pretty good in practice the other day, so we didn't have him. And, you know, Darius just had been practicing a lot at the two spot, and he'd been practicing well. So he and Q were in there together a lot. But, you know, obviously we don't want Q playing 37 minutes right out of the gate. But at the same time, you know, it was important that we had him on the floor. I mean, you know, he's he's the one guy that, you know, six assists, two turnovers, doesn't turn the ball over. So even though he didn't have a great shooting night, he didn't let it affect the rest of his game. Jordan Nora picked up eight rebounds off the bench. Um, what are the biggest things you're looking from for the young guys off the bench to come and contribute to the team? You know, I, I told him after the game, I, I thought Jordan and uh, Darius Bowles gave us very good minutes tonight. And, and that's because they practiced well at, at, since the game last week. You know, every day in practice, their mindset was really good. They were locked in and on what we were trying to do. And, you know, Jordan, he listened. I told him, as I think I mentioned last week, you got to do more than just try to shoot the ball. And, and he, he took that to heart. I mean, he was working on his defense this week in practice and you see this eight rebounds, which is huge, you know, and we need our guards to rebound for him to come in in 15 minutes and get eight, eight rebounds is huge. Hey, before the second half started, you pulled BJ King aside. What did you tell him? Because he really came out very aggressive. You know, I just told him, I said, stay with it. You know, he had a couple open threes. He made his first one of the game, but then he, it seemed like he couldn't really, I think he made two for the game, but he missed a couple wide open ones. I, I just, you know, confidence is a big thing with VJ. I just don't want him to get down on himself. I said, you, you're going to, you just got to play through it. You know, just try to impact the game in other areas. I mean, he, you know, he struggled a little bit, but a lot of that too was what they were trying to do. I mean, VJ is very good at getting in the lane, and and they took that away. But you know, it's just it, it's going to be it's going to be like that some nights for some guys. But that's where you know we're fortunate to have a guy like Jordan just come in and get eight rebounds. So you know, it's good to have options to put in. How would you describe your team's readiness with the season starting right right around going? You know, I, I think we're in a good spot. Obviously, we got a lot to work on, as I'm sure all the other 350 teams in Division One would say right now as well. Um, you know, I, what I was pleased with was defensively, we didn't play well in stretches last week. You know, and I thought 
We came out today. In the first half, we held them to 37 percent, 23 from the three-point line, and they, they focused in on that. And like I said, just not letting our offense affect our defense. I mean, we were turning the ball over, we were missing shots, we were, we were doing you know kind of uh, uncharacteristic things with the ball in the first half offensively. But we locked in on defense, and you know we held them to, to 23 points. But you know a team like that is just it's tough to prepare for, but it's also good prep for for Sunday because George Mason plays a little bit of a similar type system. Coach had a chance to coach with you, uh, David. Now, what did he get to say to you before the game? Did he give you any anything in particular? No, I mean, you know, he and I have known each other for, uh, you know, 13 years now. I obviously have a great relationship with him and his son. I, and I just told him after the game, I said, look, you got a heck of a basketball team. I mean, and he knows that. When you have 11 players back from a 30-plus win season, you know that. But, you know, they're they're going to make some noise this year. I'd be really surprised if they don't. And, um, you know, it's it, it's, uh, it's a tough style to play against. I mean, you, you can do whatever you want to prepare for it, but if you can't simulate it in practice, it's tough to be ready. Um, was that your plan to go kind of small when you did go to the bench? Is that why I believe? Williams didn't get much run tonight? You know, I just thought Dwayne Sutton, Jordan, uh, and Darius had great days of practice leading up to this game. You know, they, they seemed to understand it. They were locked in defensively. And, you know, a team like this, you're going to have to go small at times just because there's so much perimeter defending. But, um, you know, I, I, like I told him after the game, I'm just going to go with the guys who give me trust in, in practice. And I thought, you know, those three guys did that the most, and that's why they played. You seem to have a message for Anas there during the first half play. I want to see a little bit more of him. What was your message? You know, I, I just told them we were just doing careless things. You know, it, they were front in the post. I said, if whoever the guy in the post is, just turn and seal him. The other guy, Flash, would be a wide open for a high-low. Ray turned and sealed him. Honest caught it, and then he just threw a careless pass out of bounds. I mean, it's just little things like that that are just uncharacteristic of our experienced guys. But, you know, Honest, even though, you know, he had nine points, but he had 11 rebounds, six offensive, which was great to see. And, um, you know, he, it's they adjusted. And you got to give them credit. They adjusted well because we told them every time they drive the ball, they're going to look to pass. Well, in the second half, they knew that we were staying at home and not helping, so they started to score, and, and Honest started to protect the rim a little bit better. But, uh, you know, he just, he's got to be more assertive. And if, if he can – and I mean that from a defensive and a rebounding standpoint, but he, he responded and had 11 rebounds tonight. Anything else for David? Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, so David Padgett there. Uh, talking post game uh, after the Cards pick up their final exhibition win over Bellarmine, uh, talked a lot about the young guys and how they contribute, and really talked about Jordan War. I am a big Jordan War fan. Anybody that knows, I mean, this goes back to when I saw him um, if in person at the Derby City Classic. I mean, his game is just—it's. I'm a, I'm a big Jordan fan. I gotta, I gotta just throw that out there. So seeing him get some minutes, uh, I think he's gonna really play a big role um, on this team this year. When you watch this team play, there's a couple of things that are just undeniable: the length that we have. And when I went to the Kentucky Wesleyan game, I was down almost on the court. And when you watch these guys just walk out there, it's like, good Lord. It's like the Monstars walking out there. I mean, everybody is tall, long arms, athletic, can get up and down the floor. Uh, It seems like everybody can score. Uh, Even Ray is scoring around the rim this year. So the the length, and, and I also think that, this team is kind of set up, and I know that 
Uh, Coach Patino had talked about it a little bit last year, and this team is kind of set up to play like some positionless basketball, almost a la Golden State in the way that, I mean, you can throw Dang Adele, VJ King, uh, and Dwayne Sutton out there together and just say, just go play. And it doesn't, you don't have to say, who, you know, who's playing where and, and Quentin Snyder out there too. Who's playing where? Who's going to do what? It doesn't matter. They just, they all can just play and do whatever they need to do. And a lot of that has to do with the athleticism and a lot of that has to do with the length uh, that they all have. So <clears throat> that's something that's kind of really exciting to watch uh, and see how that helps them in the ACC this season. Uh, I think this is going to be a very good basketball team. Uh, no question about that at all. Uh, the talent is there, and I think that they're going to win their fair share of games this year. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, the season gets underway on Sunday as the Cards host George Mason. Uh, George Mason will get their season going on uh, November the 10th when they take on uh, the Lafayette Leopards. And then they will travel uh, two days later here to play Louisville at 2 o'clock at the KFC Yum Center. So that's going to be a really exciting game. Um, George Mason, you know, a Final Four in 2006. The last time they went to the NCAA tournament uh, was in 2011. Um, But this is a team that brings back several key guys from last season. I mean... You've got um, several of their point guards coming back, uh, averaging 27 minutes last year, 34 minutes last year, uh, 29 minutes last year, 19 minutes last year. I mean, these are guys that that have experience. They do play with um, four guards and a forward Um so it's kind of an interesting offense where everybody can handle the ball. Uh, they play a lot, or similar, uh, David Paget said there, they play kind of a similar style to what Bellerman likes to do. Uh, so it'll be a lot of ball movement, um, and they'll want to get it up and down the court. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, that one on Sunday as the cards start their first season in a long time without Rick Pitino on the sidelines, and that's going to be weird for a lot of people to get used to. Uh, but David Paget taking the reins and getting things going on Sunday as Louisville takes on George Mason. So it's going to be a big weekend uh, if you're a Louisville fan for sports. You got the basketball game on Sunday, and the football team is home back in action after the bye week. As they take on the Virginia Cavaliers. In what I think. Is kind of a must win game. For Louisville. I don't want to even think about. Louisville dropping to 5-5. Five and five. Now I know we. Huh, we have to think about it. Given the way that this defense has played this season. But. I don't I don't even want to think about potentially having to go to Kentucky in need of a sixth win. I don't I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there tonight. I'm already dealing with this this throat 
allergy crap. I don't even know what this is. I've coughed like 1,400 times in the last 27 minutes. And I just had to do it again there. So I don't want to think about that. But um, but Louisville needs this. Louisville needs needs a victory on Saturday against Virginia. They've had some duels in the last several years with this Cavaliers team that comes into Papa John's Cardinal Stadium already at six and three. Bronco Mendenhall. I think that it's kind of the job that he's done with Virginia is kind of getting overshadowed because of what Mark Richt is doing at Miami this year. But Bronco Mendenhall has done a heck of a job with this Virginia football team this season. Uh, This is a team that won, I think it was like two games or three games last year, and now they're 6-3. and They're going to a bowl game for the first time since, I think it was 2011. It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing what he's been able to do. And they've got some talent. I mean, defensively, they are 15th in the nation in passing yards allowed. I mean, they're 30th in total defense, 31st in sacks, 14th in interceptions. I mean, this is a really good defense, primarily at the linebacker spot and in the secondary. Of course, you got guys like Micah Kaiser and, and Quinn Blanding, and people that we've heard about for Virginia for several years are back. Uh, they're playing well. The defense is playing really well. The offense, Kurt Benkert in his kind of in his second year in this system, has really had a good season so far. He's got a big arm. He's not afraid to air it out. They can throw the ball downfield and go vertical. Uh, we saw them do that a little bit last week against Georgia Tech. So it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I want to say Louisville's going to win, but God, the defense, they just, I hope that they had a really good bye week. I really do. I hope, I hope the defense was able, they were able to get in the room, watch the film, really nitpick what's been going on, and go out on the practice field and address it and fix it. Because this defense has got to play just a little bit better. Just a little bit better, and they can beat Virginia. Because, excuse me, because Virginia is a really good team. But, well, let me rephrase that. Virginia is having a good year, and they do have some talent. But this is a game that Louisville should win. This is a winnable game for Louisville. So, if if the defense can just play well, because I don't really worry about the offense. Yes, Virginia has a good defense, but I still think Lamar Jackson can go up against anybody, and he's going to get his. So, I don't so much worry about the offense. I think they'll be able to score enough to win. It's can the defense do enough to stop Virginia. Bobby Petrino met with the media after practice the other day and talked about this game coming up with Virginia and about the bye week. We had a good bye. You know, it was a, um, a good time for us to get a little bit of a break. Uh, what we did is we worked hard and practiced hard on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday was more conditioning and running. Um, worked hard in the weight room. And then we gave the players a few days off. Uh, they came back last night and worked on academics. 
uh, and then we came out today and, and had a good practice. But they had a lot of energy. Um, looked like we have some guys with their legs back, so that was good to see. Um, and then some guys healthier. Uh, guy that stood out mostly to me was Stacy Thomas. Um, looked fast and, and had you know his legs back and, and ready to go. Jair Alexander was out there um, working. Um, that was kind of a bad deal last or two weeks ago. He was preparing to play. He was doing a great job in practice, and he bumped his helmet or his wrist on a on his own uh, defensive back's helmet. They were both breaking for a ball, and it didn't even really look like much. And he ended up breaking a, a bone in his hand. But he has an opportunity um, to play this weekend. It just kind of depends on how the how the week goes. But we'd certainly love to have him back. But uh, we also got the opportunity for our coaches to go on the road, um, get out on, on Thursday and Friday and, and Saturday morning, um, do some recruiting, um, which went real well. We're excited to do that. And um, I like what, what's going on in recruiting. We're having a great recruiting class, so we just got to work hard to keep them all together and finish it. Um, looking forward to this game with Virginia. They've been playing well. Um, they're a good football team. We know them pretty well. We've had uh, some good games with them in the past. Um, I think their quarterback made a lot of plays that for them to win the game last Saturday. Uh, threw some really good long balls. Uh, got the ball out of his hand. Was accurate. Um, looked like they shored up some things on their offensive line. And they, they always run the ball well, too. So it's going to be a, uh, something where we're going to have to do a great job of recognizing their formations, their personnel in the game, because they utilize a lot of different personnel groupings and do a lot of different things on offense. Defensively, they've got some really good players that we've played against. Uh, great defensive end. I think he's got six and a half sacks. Really good inside linebacker and defensive tackle. So we're going to have to know where they're at and be able to utilize good technique and, and do a good job of keeping our quarterback clean and then running the ball, you know, running the ball with power and being effective with it. So looking forward to it. I think our guys have a good attitude. Um, we worked hard tonight, and uh, we'll come out tomorrow and work hard again. So questions? What, what did not having Stacy do, do to the defense, and what does he mean coming back? Well, he's been the guy that you know was really the leader of the defense. He made all the calls, all the adjustments. Um, so it's kind of like losing your quarterback over there. Um, and now he's back full speed. He's running the show. He's also a, a really good player. You know, he knows the game real well. He understands the run schemes and where he's supposed to be, how he's supposed to fit. And then he has really good instincts to be able to bounce out of it and make the tackle. Um, and he's always been one of our best cover guys. You know, he's been throughout the last uh, four years, he's been a guy we relied on to cover tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. So um, he's a really good football player. Down to his last few games here, too, in his last season, are you starting to notice that and feel urgent urgency toward the end? You mean about our, our seniors? Yeah. Stacy? Oh, well, Stacy worked as hard as he possibly could to get back. You know, he he wanted to get back for that Florida State game. Um, you know, he kept pushing it and, and, you know, wanted to give, let me come out Thursday, see how I do on Thursday. Uh, I think that was really important to him and how hard he worked there was what, what allowed him to play the next game. But, yeah, he, he understands the clock's ticking, as all our seniors do. You know, to get to this point, there's not, not a lot of time. 
time left, and uh, what we're, we're asking them to do is have a great attitude and come out and improve and practice every day. Overall, did you feel like you got healthier on the bye week? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We had some guys, you know, that didn't practice last week that took, took had to take the time off to heal up. Uh, Trayvon Young, you know, he, he wasn't able to practice last week, but he's better. He came out tonight. He looked fast, uh, looked real healthy. Um, Day was another guy that, you know, he, he uh, ended up being real sore after that Florida State game and, and you know, had some swelling issues. Uh, but he looked really good tonight. You know, he looked like he was back like he did before the Florida State game. So um, it was good to see that. Malik Williams, is back to? Malik's back to full speed too. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's another guy that put a lot of effort into it. And, you know, the minute he got injured, it was all, uh, this is my senior year, what can I do to get back? So he's very dedicated, spent a lot of time in the training room. Um, pretty amazing that he's back. How much are you looking forward to having three healthy running backs in the backfield, and what can they add to your offense as a group? Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I'm looking forward to handing the ball to Day and Malik and Reggie, and, you know, all three of them can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, feel like we can get a good mix and get in a good rhythm so that, you know, take some pressure off of Lamar's running. Um, our offensive line likes it when those big backs are hitting inside and, and working hard at it. So it'll be good to get back and, and be able to mix it up. How has the continuous injuries or the multiple injuries in your backfield affected your ability to be consistent on it? Yeah, I think it's, it's affected some of our running game, um, but I think our offensive line's done a good job of, of uh, you know, helping us out there. We're still pretty good on offense. We score a lot of points, and we haven't had a lot of short fields and turnovers, which allows you to score more points. You know, I think you know, our special teams and, and defenses put a lot of pressure on the offense to drive the ball, you know, and make long drives. and. Um, and then when you when you do that, you have to have some explosive plays. You know, it's real important that we have some big plays and be able to complete balls down the field. We missed a couple in the last game, especially early in the game. Looked like we might have touchdowns in the end zone, um, and we weren't able to convert them. So uh, I think that's important for us is to continue to push the ball down the field and be able to you know get some consistency running it. Do you have the chance? I mean, by a few days off to to step back and. And have a get a better look at what was what was ailing with the defense in those last few games. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on it. You know, working hard on understanding the, you know, the angles we need to take in tackling, um, running full speed to the ball, putting more pressure on the quarterback so we take some pressure off our secondary, um, and then also mixing in some different coverage looks. So we, you know, we evaluate everything. Um, you know, there's there's no more new players, so we've just got to continue to get better and work at it, and you know, keep them fresh and and play full speed together. You try to do something different in practice to kind of. You know, make those changes when it comes again. I mean, the bye week it was good because you're able to do some things ones versus ones and get back and do some physical run, play action pass, and pass rush stuff. So um, that's always good for you to go back to some of the ones versus ones in practice because then everyone gets better. What were the what were the main I guess changes that you you made if any significant changes to the defense? It's really just about you know working hard at the pass rush, working hard on making sure we're taking the right angles to the football, being gap responsible in the run game, 
you know, just getting back to, you know, the things that we did well against Florida State. Um, and, you know, we did have some competition. You know, we've got some guys in the secondary that are competing to see who's going to start this week. Um, so that would be good because that makes everybody better. With Jair, I mean, don't know more about his injury than broken broken bone in his hand, but having a chance to come back two weeks after does that strike you at all? As I mean, you typically, it seems like that's typically a longer term injury. You know, the, the things they can do now, you know, is pretty amazing. And like I said, he has an opportunity. Right. Um, it hasn't been decided yet, so it's that's all in the doctor's hands. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you. Sure. Louisville head coach Bobby Petrino there uh, meeting with the media after practice the other day, <clears throat> talking about this game coming up with Virginia and talking about the bye week and how things went uh, for the cards. A couple of things there that I heard that I did like. I uh, like that the defense and fixing things and issues with the defense was a key uh, in the bye week and something that they really did focus on. So I, I, I'm encouraged with that. I, I, I struggled to get too excited um, because you just never know with this defense this season. I also like that he mentioned getting back to the things they did well against Florida State because I think if you took a poll of all of Card Nation, everybody would say that that game against Florida State was the best they looked on defense all season. Hands down, no doubt. So... I like that they they want to get back to that that they're using that game the things that they did well in that as a as a place to get back to because I think if they could be just like that every game <clears throat> then then they'll be fine. Then Louisville will win out the rest of the games this season. But it's the the key is to be like that and be consistent. I also like that he mentioned um the guys in the secondary which has been a much maligned group this season, that there's competition there. There's competition for who's going to get to start. Um, so, just like he said there, competition makes everybody better. I like that. I like the, that there's competition, that they're not afraid to, to pull a guy out, put another guy in, uh, no matter if he's a young guy or not. Uh, if he's playing better, put him in and play him. At this point with this defense, you can do that. I mean, it's not like the product, the what you're going to see isn't going to be worse than what you're already getting. Um, so... I think that that's encouraging. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what this team, primarily what this defense does after having last week and now having this week to fine-tune things, to fix things, to compete against each other, going ones against ones during the bye week. That's, That's going to make you better. So I hope that we see a better defensive product on the field for the Cardinals, not just on Saturday, but the Saturday after that, and the Saturday after that, especially when the Cards travel to Lexington, take on UK. Um, I the keys to this game for Louisville are going to be one, establish the running game. Bobby Petrino said he's excited to have three backs to hand the ball to. Well, then we need to hand the ball to them. If you're excited about having them, let's hand the ball to them. Louisville has to establish a run game. Um, it's it's just a given. They've got to. So establish the run. Then you give you open the playbook. Then Lamar can do some play-action pass stuff. Lamar can run the ball himself then. 
I mean, it's just, it becomes endless. Wide receivers have got to, when Louisville takes some deep shots, they've got to be able to fight off guys and haul that ball in. Uh, Bobby talked about a couple of times in the last game uh, where Louisville had some shots downfield and guys just dropped the ball, didn't get there. That You can't do that and, and win football games. Um, so when Louisville has the chance to make big plays on offense, they need to make those big plays. Um, and on defense, if you, if you do nothing else, They've got to get a pass rush to get after Kurt Binkert because if he can just stand back there and chuck the ball all over the place, it's going to be a long day because if he can, he will just stand back there. They also need to know where Omad Zakisis is at all times. Dude does everything for Virginia on offense. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's their leading receiver. He's their second leading rusher. He is kind of like a Greg Dortch type of guy where Greg Dortch didn't run the ball very much, but that kind of a weapon where Greg Dortch was the Wake Forest offense. Olamide Zakisis is kind of that same type of guy for Virginia. So Louisville to key on him, know where he's at at all times, um, get a pass rush, and just hold up in the secondary. Just stay with your guy in the secondary and I think they'll be okay. I like Louisville to win this game 38-32. <laughs> I know that the point spread, and I looked at this, the point spread was like 11 and a half. I don't think anybody in Vegas has watched Louisville play at all this year or has watched any of their previous games against Virginia. Because if you have done either of those two things, then you would stay as far away from the 11.5 or you would take Virginia in the points. Because 11.5 for this little... If Louisville beats Virginia by 11.5, I hope that they do. I will be so happy if they beat them by like 12. I would be ecstatic, but I just don't see it happening. I think 38-32, if you want to see the full breakdown of the Louisville-Virginia game, just head to thebreakdownul.com and check that out. Guys, that's all the time we've got on the show for tonight. If you missed any of it, please go back, listen to the whole thing, share the podcast out. We appreciate it so much when you do that. Also, you can check out all of the podcasts on thebreakdownul.com. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Go Cards beat UVA. But there's a couple things that you need to hear before I'm paying time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.